Good morning. Amen. Amen. I want to I wanna talk a little bit about communion. So we're going to bless communion and we're going to take communion. But I was just thinking and meditating about, you know, what a, a blessing to have a, a Bible. <laughs> because it, it's a book that was written by many different authors in different times with one basic story. Yeah. It's everything is like a, a, a quilt, right? That different pieces come together to create this bigger picture yeah. of how God from Genesis to Revelation is looking for a people to become one with him. To become, you know, like we were saying, you know, we will never get to the point where you want no more. <laughs> because that's what in, in John it says, this is eternal life that you know the Father. And you will never get to the end of that. You know, but it's our human tendency to think that everything is about us. And this book is saying it's all about me and what I am doing and how I'm letting you come and participate with me in what I have done from the beginning of the world. Even before, we've talked about that, that last Sunday, you know, even before you were born, I knew you. I had a plan for you. I had a destiny for you. So anyways, I was thinking a lot about what God is doing in the churches and with this group here and all over the place. And I'm going to read this from 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 4, and says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by appearing as his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready to see in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You know, that's scary. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. Right? So if we, this is Paul writing to Timothy, it's like a warning. This is what's going to happen. You know, at, at some point, people are going to forsake the truth, and they're going to be looking for people that will preach to them what they want to hear, so that they feel good. You know, and, and it's interesting because we, I think we, we've been there, and God is faithful to remove that and a lot of times to shake things up 
Because at the end of the day, he wants you to know him. Not through somebody else. Not through even an organization. But it is a personal, intimate relationship. Right? So anyway, so I'm blessed this for us. I'm going to start in First Corinthians. And because that's where, you know, Paul talks about communion. But I was thinking about that this morning, that the whole book of First Corinthians is one big letter. You know, and imagine that, you know, that church, probably a small group of people in Corinthians, <laughs> Corinth, a, a city, meeting in a home, and they spread the word, hey, we got a letter from Paul. You know, and let's get together and read the letter. And that's probably what they did. You know, they would get together to maybe, hey, we got a copy of the letter to the Ephesians. Let's read it together. You know, and then they would probably sing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. And then take communion and read the letter. Or maybe, like Timothy, he would explain from the Old Testament who the Messiah was, right? So it, it was just like an intimate atmosphere, probably in small places, small gatherings. But then this is what was going on in this letter to the Corinthians. First Corinthians 3 says, verse 2, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not yet able, for you're still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, and you're not, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere man? For when one says, I'm a Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not mere man? So the whole picture of what was happening here is that there were issues in this small church in Corinth and they were like picking sides and they were allowing factions and dissensions and divisions and the whole point of what Christ came to do is I, I came to unite Ephesians 2 says that you know he came to remove the dividing walls Unite Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, men and women. It's like we're all going to become one new creation. And we, and then I'm, I'm thinking about myself, what is it that allows in my brain, gives me the, the freedom to allow those walls, those separations? Oh, that. You know, that person, I don't know, you know, they, they, they do things differently, they speak with a different accent, they, you know, they do not worship like I worship, you know, you know and I was picturing an image of the body of Christ with uh, each arm or legs or different parts of the body with the like, let's rewrite some of the denominations. You know, so this is all. Does it make sense? 
And then, you know, the message continues in 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, verse 18, he says, For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. I mean, so it's like the whole message from chapter 3, now chapter 11. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. When you come together and there's division among you, it ends up not being exactly what it, this is supposed to be. Because this is supposed to be a reminder that we are one. And in Christ, there's no division. In John 17, he was praying for the unity, that you may be made perfect in unity. So when we are allowing divisions, we are going against what this means. <laughs> when I allow anything to separate me from another brother or sister, I'm making this blood of Christ invalid. Or, no, nothing can make it invalid. It is effective, and it is valid, but then I am excluding myself. I am putting myself out, right? It says, verse 23, so this is uh, Paul writing about the communion, the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, this is very important. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink the, of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment, to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. And then I'm going like, how many times have I come to take communion with a wrong perception of the body of Christ. How many times have I come to take communion with a little wall allowing some division in my heart 
you know, because that person did this or offended me in one way or another. And I'm kind of like, kind of, I want to come with a new awareness of what this really means. We rarely read this. But every time we come and we, we I think we should, uh, this has been my, my belief, especially the last year, you know, after so many things that I learned, that this is the most important thing that we can do. That's right. You know, this is, you know, the worship, you know, the, the, even the teaching, it's all should lead us to this. <laughs> should lead us to this moment of awareness of what Christ has done. And we are doing this in remembrance. Yeah. We're not doing any, any of this <laughs> that we do to deserve, to be earning, to be included. We were included. But when I allow division in my heart, then I am myself <laughs> being excluded. Because then it's beautiful. Because this was a letter, so think about this as a letter, not with verse numbers or chapter numbers. It was just one long letter. And maybe, hey, we need a break, but we are going to finish reading this letter today. Right? And then he continues in chapter 12, it says, Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. And verse 6 says, There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Again, imagine, because he's going to go on here with the picture of the body and the different members and the different, you know, the eyes and the ears and the fingers and the foot and the leg and you know, and then he was trying to say, do not allow these factions and divisions and separations to split the whole body. Because that, that's what this here means, that when we come and eat and drink, we belong to this big universal body of Christ, this supernatural oneness that does not come by everyone being the same. But there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophets, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. So it's interesting because the format of the church, the early church, contributed to that. Because they would come together and it was not 
you know, like the church, the American church that we have today, you know, that you go and you sit, you put like your an hour, an hour and a half each week, you know, and then you did, you fill your duties, right? But they would come, they would go from house to house, and they would be singing and blessing one another and take, taking communion, and it was a lifestyle, you know, and they, sometimes they would come and, oh my God, did you hear about that brother? He got arrested, you know, because they were persecuting the Christians, and then they would have to go and help the family and take care of one another. And then maybe they would, oh, that guy, he got released from prison. Let's celebrate, let's have a party. You know, but that was a lifestyle together that they were growing and, and numbers were being added, but because it was, that, it was that each member of the body participating. Then at the end of chapter 12, he says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I will show you a more excellent way. Verse uh, chapter 13, he goes on talking about love. You know, if you do not have love, you're just like a bunch of noise-making symbols. You can have prophecy, you can know everything, but you, have, you must have love. And then chapter 14 says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. The one, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to man for edification and exhortation and consolation. Anyway, I bless this. As we approach the Lord's table this morning, you know, he says, examine yourself. You know, I would like to, you know, just take a, a second or, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And, and just, we go before the Lord and say, I, I'm going before the Lord. Lord, I, I repent. I repent where I, I allow myself, I give myself the right or authority to draw lines in my heart that I include or exclude, or I, I prefer Paul or Apollos or some different one. You know, when in truth, you know, we should not have anybody like up or down, in or out. Because if people believe in Christ, if they are under the blood, they are part of his body whether we worship the same, whether we are in a different denomination or, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me when I, I, people refer to others as not even Christians because they are not from their church, you know, and that should not, that probably does not make Jesus happy, you know, so I, we bless this awareness of the Lord's Supper. That the whole message, I think, in the book of Corinthians, the first is you need to be one. And division is a sign of immaturity. Oneness is a sign of maturity, of you growing as the Lord's disciples. Amen? It's interesting because there is such a, a spirit of division in the world right now.
right? There's such a polarity. But the, the sad thing is that it's in the church also. <laughs> the sad thing is that the, the church a lot of times reflects the culture instead of being uh, uh, going against the, the culture. You know, and, and, that, and there must be a voice calling for repentance in all the churches for the, allowing division. You know, allowing these walls in our hearts. So we bless this experience for us this morning. Lord, we, we do this in remembrance of you. We honor and exalt your name. And we align ourselves with your heart by the grace, by the Holy Spirit, that we are not guilty of these factions and divisions and allowing this spirit to be part of our lives and in our ways of thinking in any way. Amen.
Thank you for the Holy Spirit convicting us and speaking to us. And we thank you for this moment we do set this time aside to really align ourselves, Lord, you know, with your will and your heart, you know, that you came and you died for everyone. And you came and you, you paid the highest price. And we thank you for that. Amen. We bless, we bless, uh, we bless all our families, the people that we know, our friends and love, loved ones. You know, and we, we, we speak a healing to the families. We speak healing to relationships. You know, we, we, we say, Lord, where uh, everything would convince us of division, your spirit and your blood and your sacrifice convinces us of oneness. You know, and this example of the body of Christ, it's clear that, you know, we are all different. And we cannot expect anybody to be exactly like we are. But you loved each one the same way. So we, 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 we say, Lord, we ask you by the Holy Spirit to continue to work with us and speak to us. Amen. Amen.